0: Uncle uh, Quincy, Lord, that you would touch my Aunt Phil, that you would touch their world, their life, God, and you would help them. Your precious name, Jesus. We love you. We know you're a healer. God, I ask you to touch this word tonight, God. Your word's already anointed. It already holds power. But God, I pray that this word, God, begin to spring out in our life and our spirit, God. You would help us today, God, right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We'll be reading from the book of Matthew 13 in 3. I do appreciate that uh, testimony and word tonight. We definitely need to make sure that every little thing that could distract us is out of our world because this is the time of distractions, if it ever was. There's all kinds of distractions in this world. and I may say a little bit about that here. Um, quickly. But uh, I'm going to be reading for the book of Matthew 13. It's very familiar scriptures to anybody who has been around the church very long. Matthew 13:3 said, And he spake many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. When he had sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him here, Amen. Amen. The sower went forth to sow. That's the key, key in this right here. Amen. Not as much as where it fell, but the fact that the sower went and sowed. So, I want to talk tonight about the pyre of sown seed. The power of sown seed. You may be seated and prayed. So, I. I mentioned this recently, but I want to read it as I read it tonight. Archaeologists recently found several seeds of wheat held tightly in the hand of a 4,000-year-old mummy. The body had withered, but the seeds were undamaged. If one of those seeds in the mummy's hand had been planted in fertile soil and had gone through the cycles of reproduction for 20 years, the one seed would produce the equivalent of a year's wheat harvest on planet Earth. But instead of being planted, those seeds had lain inactive for 4,000 years, secure in the mummified hand, but not accomplishing the seed's purpose. That was how Chapter 11 of Carlton Kuhn Sr.'s book, If Everybody Here Were Just Like Me. And um, uh, much of what I will say tonight is getting gleaned from his book and, um, and from this chapter of this book. This chapter really, it really got my attention. Seems like the last month I have, um, this has been on my mind so much, the fact that Jesus is coming soon. He's coming, and there's lost souls that need this born-again message of the gospel. They need it. If someone's not born again of the water and the Spirit, according to the word of the Lord, the best that I can tell, they're going to be lost. And there's souls in this area that needs this church, needs this church to awake to what God Has placed us here for. God's placed us here for a reason. God brought us to Marion. He brought you to this church. He brought us here for a reason. Everyone say "The The the seed. There's so much potential in a single seed. As does my opening story prove to us today. Brother David, there's so much power in that seed. There's much potential in unused seeds. And for us as individuals and as a church, if we cannot see the potential in the seed, that's a very tragic situation for our world. It's tragic for our city. It's tragic for our families. When we can't see that there's so much potential in seeds. I have seeds that are in packets at my house. Did not put a garden out this year. And I had no, nothing to grow in my garden. The only place I had anything grow in my house was where we throw some uh, food garbage out. We've had a few straggler tomatoes try to come up. But 100% of the area that I did not put any seeds in did not grow anything. And over the last 15 years of pastoring, what has truly, to me, been heartbreaking is when we think about the legacy what might have been and there's a lot of people that has come in and through our church or that has never even came here that is that tragedy of what might have been. God will give the increase. Can we get an amen? God will give the increase. But only as a farmer invest seed into the soil Will the increase come? It's not our responsibility for the increase to come up. There's no wonder that in our text tonight, Jesus wants us to understand the importance of the seed. And not only the seed, but the setting in which it could reproduce something. So that's why he, he had this parable that the sower went out to sow. That is the most important part of that parable. It's not the fact of where the seed fell. It's not the fact of what the soil was like. Because it doesn't matter what where the seed, it wouldn't matter what the soil was like, whether it was stony ground, fertile ground, uh, whether the birds were going to come get it up or anything. The most important part of that parable was the fact that the sower went out and sowed in the first place. Because if the sower never went out and sowed, it wouldn't matter uh, what kind of ground was out there because if there's no seed, Nothing's going to come up. What is the field? The world is the field. Why do we have such a hard time going into the world and sowing seed? Now, I'm going to say this tonight. I believe in prayer with all my heart. Guys, I hope you all know that. I believe you should pray every day. I believe that prayer ought to be one of the first things you do in the morning. God deserves our first fruit, and the first fruit of our life. I think it ought to be one of the first things we do. I think we ought to pray throughout the day. I think it is absolutely vital into our world. And I think we should pray for the lost. Yeah. I think we should daily pray for the loss of our lost loved ones, the lost in our city. That, in essence, is a way of sowing seed. But it, it and by itself... Will not accomplish what God really wants to accomplish. It's just like the guy that prayed, God, please, the flood was coming, and he prayed for God to deliver him. You know it's a it's a humorous story that I'm sure is not true. And the you know, the, the boat come by, the the helicopter come by, and this came by, and he's sitting on top of the roof and they was trying to save him, and he said, No, God, God, I prayed and God's gonna send me a deliverance, but God you know, finally the guy. You know, it's a humor story. He died. He went before the Lord, and and uh, he said, "Lord, why didn't you save me?" He said, "Look, I sent a boat. I sent a plane, or or I sent this and that, whatever it was, helicopter. And you didn't do anything about it. We have to do something about it. We have to sow seed. And the reason we have to sow seed because the power is in its the power." Of The sown seed is so powerful. If we'll put seed in the ground, something's going to come up. And though though we did not plant a garden this year at my house, even though some tomato seeds got out on the ground and before we really started doing a lot of mowing, seeds were planted, not in the fertile ground where I usually plant them, but they got planted and they came up. In there, God wants us to sow seed because there's power in seed that's been sown. The seed by itself, just like in the mummy's hand, sitting for 4,000 years, is not going to grow. The only way it's going to grow is if it's sown into the ground. And though we may have the greatest thing in this world, the greatest salvation, we have to get out and sow the seed into our community, into our world. And if you're like me, there are some hindrances in that in our life. We know there's hindrances in it. Our church would be a lot more full tonight. If there wasn't hindrances, our church would be a whole lot fuller tonight because it's not a problem with the harvest. It's a problem with the laborers. So what are some hindrances to us sowing? Because the power is in the seed being sown, not in the seed by itself. It's in the seed that has to be sown. It has to be put in the ground. So let's, let's look at this tonight, what the Word says about why seeds do not get sown. Because it has to be sown. Why do they not get sown? Solomon, Solomon gives us some answers. Proverbs 20 and 4 said, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the code. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. The first reason Solomon gives us is we get lazy. We get uh, a place of discomfort in our life. We get in a place complacent. He said, the slugger, he, he will not plow for reasons. Come. We, we have reasons, whether it be the code or whether we be uh, tired or whether what no matter what be the case. I didn't sow a, I didn't sow seeds this year and plant a garden because I was tired. All right. We was working a lot of overtime, we was different things happened, and you be, be honest with you, I was just being lazy. So I didn't plant the garden. And guess what Guess what didn't happen? I didn't have a garden to grow. But there's seeds at home in the drawer. If they had got planted, I'd have a garden. It is possible we have not seen seeds sown enough in Marion because we have become lazy. Amen. Amen. We've become just comforted about sowing or maybe even is Sister Hussey was talking earlier, distracted by the little foxes in our life that keeps us from sowing seeds. And, and this is what Solomon was saying. Look, he said, The sluggard will not plow what he means. He's not going to put a garden because it's cold. In other words, he's saying, Look, you've you just been lazy, you're just not out, getting out there and doing it. And that's not the only reason, because not all of us are lazy, that's for sure. So Solomon gives us another thing. He said, Proverbs 22 and 13, the slothful man said, there's a line without, I shall be slain in the streets. Right. So we're, another reason that the seed doesn't get sown is for fear or risk. Amen. He said, hey, there's a line. There's a line out there. I'm afraid. I'm afraid what they may say if I invite them to church. Amen. I'm afraid what they may do if, if I say, Hey, would you like a home Bible study? Amen. I'm afraid what they may say. What do they know about us? What do they know about our church? But what do we know about hell? I have been praying, God, Let me see this city like you see it. I've been praying, God, let me feel for Marion, Kentucky and surrounding area like you feel for Marion. Because I can't let laziness, I can't let discomfort, I can't let that that risk of being afraid keep the seed from being sown because it doesn't matter. We've got the seed, all right? But it's got to be sown. Because when the seed is sown, that's when the power happens. And when we are a sower of seed, the outcome is uncertain. And that can make us uneasy about going to sowing seed. Now, again, I've, I've always, usually always put a garden in the ground. This is probably the second time since we've been married that I've not put anything in the ground. And, but there has been times when I went out there, I took the time to plow, I took the time to cultivate the ground, take the hoe, get the grass out, do whatever I got to do, plant seeds in the ground, and then go back out there, and nothing grows. It happens. There's uncertainty. We don't know. I remember one year getting out there and had one of the prettiest gardens that I've ever had in my life. And my my cousin, Joy, down the road, Aunt Phil's son, he had some goats and they got out and the rest is history. There is uncertainty. We're going to sow seed and some seed. It just seemed like it's not going to grow. That's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to sow. His responsibility is to let it grow. Our responsibility is to sow. But there is absolutely no uncertainty regarding seed that has not been sown. There is no uncertainty. Yes, there's uncertainty in seeds of going out and giving somebody a Bible study for weeks and weeks and they never being saved. Yes, there's uncertainty of going knocking door after door, inviting people to church or hanging flyers up or putting flyers on cars and, and inviting people to the house of God or, or doing text messages or sending letters or, or follow-up letters. Yes, there is uncertainty, but there is no uncertainty if we don't go knock on the door, if we don't invite anybody into church. There is no uncertainty. We know what's going to happen. Nothing. Brother Kuhn said it this way in his book. He said, 100% of the farmers who do not sow seed will not gather a harvest. It's pretty plain and simple. It's a very sobering thought tonight. Some may ask why we're doing this tonight on a, 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 a midweek when, uh, or not on a Sunday because chances are we're going to be the ones that's going to sow the seed excluding a few that's not here for various reasons, but by and large, us, this is the foundation of the church. We're going to be the ones that's going to sow the seed. And I realize that uh, we can can print up flyers. I heard Brother Chester Wright say this, and it's so true. We can print up flyers, and we can go give it to drug addicts out there and have them to pass them out, and people will come to church. I do realize that. But for that thing to really take root and for it to really grow... It's going to take for us to be the sowers and go and really sow seed. So I hope we understand that we must sow seed or we're never going to see growth in our city. We must. So here's the next question We're talking about sowing the seed, but what is the seed? And what does need to be sown? Yes, a flyer, a simple flyer that we can give to, like I said, a crackhead and a thousand of them and say, hey, look, if you go pass these out, I'll give you a hundred bucks. The crackhead's going to go pass them out. Maybe, maybe not. And, but if he does, chances are somebody's going to come to church. That is a type of seed that's an invitation to get somebody to come to church. But the real seed that we see here, we look at the word of God. We see in the gospel, we see two answers to the question about what is the seed. Matthew 13 and 38 says, the field is the world. Everybody say, the field is the world. The The good seed are the children of the kingdom. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. The rest says, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. So, us that are children of God, we are the good seed. And we got to understand, there is a bad seed out there. And if we don't sow the good seed, which is us, into this world, somebody's going to sow. That's why we, Jakins, doing this Timothy project, because we got young people that comes that doesn't have it. parents to come to church, and we need somebody to sow some good seed into them. Because if not, somebody's going to sow something into them. There are going to be some terrors, and we're always going to have terrors among us. So in this first verse, we see that the seed is the children of the kingdom. The next seed that we see is Luke 8, 11. And Jesus said, now this parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And Luke, we see that the seed is also the word of God. So both Luke and Matthew refer to the fields as being the world. All right. But Jesus taught that two things should happen. The world should be sown with the children of the kingdom and the world should be sown also with the word of God. So we see two seeds that need to be sown. So the children of the kingdom. Brother Kuhn said in his book that the children of the kingdom are sown in the field by simply being what they are, the children of the kingdom. Our job, in our classrooms, in the marketplace, in the dollar store, at McDonald's, we need to get out of our box, put ourselves in them situations where we as the children of God should become a seed like that looks like Christ in the setting in which God places us at. Wherever we are... As children of the kingdom, we are a unique seed that's not like anything else in this world. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, that has been called uh, out of darkness into his marvelous light, right? We've been called out. We're different than anything else in this world. And as the seed of God, he said, the children of the kingdom are the seed of God. That's us. And I was over here praying a while ago. And I was rejoicing, thanking God for being able to be in the house of God. But something began to smoke my spirit. And I began to think about uh, something that that, that Brother Wright said. at at The the first or second time we went to an apostolic conference. He said, we have good church in the barn. But we don't grow the stuff in the barn. It's in the field. And we can't just. Come in here and have good church. We've got to be out here. And I know not everybody lives in the Marion area, but you know what? We ought to be going eating there every chance we get. We ought to go to the dollar store every chance we can get. We ought to walk down the streets every chance we can get. Go to the parks every chance we can get. Do everything we can and let them know that you can live a life of godliness. There is people that has mercy. There is people that is gracious and kind and, and people that has love. This, this is the fundamental traits of the children of the kingdom of God. That's who we are. And the children of the kingdom are not to be just safe in the hands of, uh, of the, the, whoever's keeping the seed, but the seed, which is us, we got to be in the field. We can't let That cold climate, the cold shoulder of the city, as as has been told to me that Marion's a hard area, we can't let that stop us from sowing seed. We can't let the fact that there could be a line in the street scare us to the point that we don't go out and we... Don't invite somebody or, 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 or give somebody an opportunity to, to, uh, for a Bible study. Because that's our place, is in the field. What are we doing to cause ourselves to be seed in this society here? Amen. We, we need to do everything we can. We don't, we don't have homeless shelters here in town. Um, there's some volunteer things. And a lot of the stuff, it, I mean, we was in a nursing home for, for the longest time going in there. I don't know if that's even opened that back up. We need to do everything we can to sow into this city. And that's why we, we're trying to get these uh, connect groups going. Sister Cheryl... We're going to get this thing going about getting yourself being whole and Sister Chas has been working on something with the singles and Jacob going to work on something for these uh, uh, young men that's been coming to church. And We need this. We need to take ourselves and sow into these people. Sow into them and let them know, hey, this, I, I am a child of God and I'm supposed to be sown into this world. We've, we've got to do what we can. And so, ourselves into this community. The question was asked, and this is a powerful question. If my conduct were to be repeated in every person I come in contact with, what kind of world would this be? that's That's a powerful question that we need to contemplate tonight if my conduct were to be repeated in every person I come in contact with, what kind of world would this be? And as children of children of the kingdom, we should be noticeably different from the world around us. Yes. And when they see us in the midst of crisis or in the midst of whatever is going on, they should be able to come to us or if we've not already been to them and they, and they say different. Surely, before we ever go to them, they notice something different about us. Amen. And that's our. He said, look, the, the seed, the children sowed into the world. And, and then the other, the other seed was, it's the word of God. This is the second seed, is the word of God. The word of God is the seed. Not, not our opinion. That's not the seed. God's word is the other seat. In, in this chapter, Brother Coon said, "Black leather binding on our Bibles can be like those mummified hands holding tightly to the seat. The word of God just can't stay in our hearts. David said Thy word if I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Yes, we've got to do that. Yes, you know me. I push Bible reading. I've read it many, many times, and I plan on reading it many, many times before this this, this life is over, as long as the Lord lets me stay here. I'm going to read it, read it through at least once a year, the rest of my entire life. I'm going to try to listen to it as much as I can. But let me tell you what, it does me no good if I put it in my heart and I don't share it with this world. Amen. <laughs> Seed is to be sown. The word's got to be sung. The old old saying is so true. We may be the only Bible that anybody ever reads. They need to hear biblical vernacular come from us. We hear worldly vernacular coming from them. We hear them cuss. We hear them tell dirty jokes. They need to hear us say, man... Texas has done a great job preaching. And they're like, what are you talking about? And then tell them about the word. Amen. Tell them. Say, they're telling, well, did you see this movie? Or did you see that? Or just say, hey, have you ever heard about this? And just begin to tell them a the word. Now, the parable, the the, the scriptures that I read to us lets us know that, that birds are going to eat some of them. There's going to be vultures that's going to come in and pick up some of that seed that of the word that we're throwing out there. There's going to be some that it's going to let us know the heat's going to dry it up. We're going to know some of it's just going to fall on some hard ground. And it's never going to get in the ground really sown. But we got to put it out there anyway. We got to put the word out there anyway. We know some's going to fall, and it's going to fall in a place where the weeds are going to grow up around it, and the seed is just—it's not really going to be uh, real productive. It's not going to grow and do very good because it's going to be choked out by the by the weeds. But if we will sow the seed of the word of God, some seed is going to produce a real harvest. We've got to sow the Word of God, and we can't sow it if we don't know it. So that's why we got to read it every day. We've got to study it every day. We've got to put it in our hearts. we got to put it in our spirits. we got to get the Word on the inside of us and not trap it in there like in the mummy's hand. But my goodness, open our mouths and let the world know there is, hallelujah, a saving power in the Word. Man, Jesus spent three and a half years sowing the word inside of the apostles, the disciples. Every chance we get, we see in the gospels, Jesus has taken an opportunity to tell his disciples about the word of God. Uh, Uh They were perceived as ignorant and unlearned men. We see that throughout the book of Acts. That they were perceived as ignorant and unlearned men. But Jesus sowed the seed inside of them disciples. And when we see Peter that day in the book of Acts stand up, hallelujah, And Acts chapter 2, and he begins to sow into those 3,000 people around him, what do we see Peter do? He begins to take Old Testament and quote it to them Hallelujah. And stick it out there. And Peter's sermon sowed the seed of the word of God. Hallelujah. And guess what happened? People got saved. Yeah. We can just got to put it out there. We've got to sow it. Because if we don't sow it, it's not going to grow. Oh. Philip sowed the seed into the Ethiopian. In Acts chapter 8, when Philip came up to the Ethiopian, what was he doing? He was reading the word. And all of a sudden, Philip began to ask him, do you know what you understand? Or do you understand what you're reading? So he began to take the word of God and rightly divide it for him and tell him what he's reading. And Philip sowed that seed of the word of God. What would happen if you and I Every chance we heard somebody talking about the Bible, we just interjected ourselves in the middle of the conversation. And began to sow not our ideals, but the idea of what the Word really says, and stick it in the middle. If you don't know it, don't say it. Amen. Amen. What would happen if we were to plant multiple seed in one location in this city? and in this county, what would happen? You know what would happen? There would be growth. Every time we've ever done a major push of sowing seed, something has always grown. Seed is when we teach a, somebody that's lost a home Bible study. I would love to get a good, strong home Bible study ministry going in our church. It is a proven method to get the seed out of our hands and into the places that it needs to go. Churches are strong that have strong Bible study programs going on. And also desperately... Want to see more Bible studies coming out of this church. Sowing seed. The word. It is the Bible plan of God. And teaching a home Bible study. It's going to make an impact. If we'll just strive to do it. We somehow, someway. Got to get more involved with with, with Bible study. Because what happens when we have a Bible study. We are. Taking ourself, that seed, and putting it out there, sowing ourself in somebody else's home. And then we're also taking the Word of God, which is also the seed, and putting it in that same place. So we're taking both the seeds that Jesus talked about and planting it in one spot. And you're talking about something powerful. Amen. There's strength in the seed. Seed is powerful but it has to be in the ground I didn't write the scripture down I should have it said except the corner wheat fall on the ground and die it abideth alone but if it die it bringeth forth much fruit but if it just lays there by itself but it has to die the seed has to die. It has to go on the ground. It has to die. And that seed is powerful. I'm, I'm about to come to a close this evening. I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to be very, for a little while, especially till we see something begin to explode, I'm going to start pushing us to sow seed, to reach the loss, because this is where it's at. I want us to pray. I want you to fast. We're in the midst about praying about something that that we're going to try to do. till we can tear down some strongholds in our city. Talked to my bishop this week about it. Got him praying about this. We can see some things tore down in our city. Some strongholds tore down. Yeah. But listen to me. Once these things, these strongholds, they get tore down. We've got to build something back up. And the only thing it's worth building anything on when it comes to the kingdom of God is got to be firmly planted on the Word of God. And we've got to get ourselves out there. You're going to get hurt. You're going to you're going to get your feelings hurt. But that's why David said, or the psalmist said Great peace have they that love thy law. And by nothing shall they be offended. When we take this seed, this word of God, and we love it so much and we plant it in our heart, then we'll just realize they're not being offended at me. They're being offended at the word. And it won't hurt nothing then, all right? So, Matthew 9, 37, 38, my closing scriptures. Then saith he... Unto his disciples, we've heard this many times, and I've preached about it much. The harvest truly is plantless, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. As I've said so many times, there's not a problem with the harvest. We need laborers that will go plant seed. I close with this powerful story that that Brother Kuhn had in his book. R.B. Jones, in his book or blog, whatever it is, Rent the Heavens is the name of it, he tells this story. Listen to this powerful story. He said, A few years ago, a warm current called El Nino swept along the west coast of South America in greater volume than ever before. Brought with it torrential shires, which visited parts of South America which had not known rain since 1551. And here's the thing this El Nino turned thousands of miles of desert into paradise in an incredible short time. As it caused millions of hardy seeds which had lain dormant in the ground for decades. Decades of drought and caused it to, dr- to spout and grow with an incredible vengeance. So an area had been sitting in desert area for 2,000 years or for 500 years. Now all of a sudden the rain came and watered seed that was already planted. All of a sudden the desert Rain alone did not turn South America, that South American <coughs> desert into a paradise. Because for centuries, the seeds waited for the right conditions. And here's the key to it. If the seed had not been there, there would have been no sudden spurt. of. God help us to sow the seed of ourselves in the Word of God. God We have to get done So I says it's not the right time. It's always time to sow seed. We never know when God's going to send the rain. What happens if God sends the rain and there's no seed? There it is. The power is in the sown seed, not in the seed. It's in the seed, but not in the seed by itself. It has to to go in the crib. It has to be sown. I close with the words of Robert Louis Stevenson when he said, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seed you plant. David Shatwell, I'll never forget. He got up one day at Apostolic Conference and he just he said, I'm just going to tell you some stuff I learned. Among those 11 things that he said, there was one thing that he said. He said, sow seed every day. Every day we get so seed. may not be able to get out of your house, you go to the city every day. But every one of us here, just about the majority of the world is on social media. So every day you can pray and say, God, give me a, Word that I can put on social media, or God give me a word that I can write a letter and put it and mail it to someone. Don't judge each day by your harvest but you reap. Oh, let's judge the seeds we plant. God, help us to plant seeds. Help us, God, because that's what the scripture that I quoted a while ago. Except a corner, we'd fall around the ground and die, folks. We've got to plant ourselves in this place, and we got to be willing to die for the gospel. We got to be willing to die out to our sins, die out to those little foxes that Sister Hussy was talking about. Die to that stuff and say oh God not my will but your will be done we die after that stuff and then we take and fill ourselves with the word and then we take that word back to this world and give this world hallelujah what they need it's the word of God it's power in the soul see God help us to succeed so I'm asking if we go to the word we fall on our face tonight so I want us to pray, God, give me a burden to be a soul. Let me be a laborer, God. He says, "What well, Jesus said pray. Pray that he would send labors. We need laborers. Let's pray that God can send laborers. We need to become labors. Hallelujah. Because the sower went out to sow. The sower went out to sow. That parable means nothing that the sower he didn't go out and sow. It didn't matter if to help us